All right, so the Yankees didn't exactly get off to the start that everyone thought they would, or at least the start that I thought they would, going to Houston, uh, playing what on paper seemed like an inferior opponent, but CC Sabathia uh, picked up where he left off last September, and the, and the Yankees are on one to start the season. And uh, here to talk about it today with me is Ben Kabak of River Ave Blues. And Ben, I'd ask you how you're doing, uh, but I think after that game, you're probably not doing so well. Yeah, you know, I could have done without that start of the season. I guess it's the third opening day in a row the Yanks have lost, and well, CC looked bad for two innings. Um, he settled down pretty nicely after the second, but the offense couldn't really get anything started. There's still 161 more to go. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I saw a tweet about he's starting now 11 openers between the Yankees, uh, six there, and then the and then the rest, the other five with the Indians, and he's has one win on opening day with a 6.12 ERA and. I started talking myself into thinking that they'd go down there, take care of business, uh, you know, maybe return home for the home opener with, with five wins, maybe, uh, you know, four and two, five and one type thing. But then, you know, I started trick myself into thinking that CC Sabathia would be different than he has been in any April with the Yankees. And you go back to, you know, the performance he had last year against the Red Sox um, in the past, the home opener in 09 against the Orioles, the other one at, at Fenway in 2010 against the Red Sox. It just seems to me like I should have just expected this all along with him. Yeah, I mean, who knows what it is about Cece. He had such a good spring training, and even with his diminished stuff, you know, he was feeling feeling good. But he seemed to be leaving a lot of his pitches up in the first couple of innings. And then once he came back to the third, he seemed to hit a stride. Uh, you know, he was, he was down in the zone a little bit more. He was getting swings and misses. He was getting strikeouts. But couldn't overcome those first two bad innings. Yeah, and I think the the thing with the game was it just felt like all along if he could hold it. I, I mean, at four nothing right away, you think at least you know there's eight more innings for them to get a chance to get back in it. At six nothing, it's a little less of a chance. But as the game progressed, uh, the Yankees hitters seemed to get more comfortable, especially when they got to the Houston bullpen. And I think at least that's one promising thing, or one thing we all should expect going into the season is that this team, unlike last year's team, no matter how far down they get, they'll still be able to grind out at bats and get back in the game like the Yankees of 2012 and previous years. Yeah, I mean, they were a couple of big swings away from making it much more of a game. Soriano hit into that double play. He, you know, if he had gotten hit there, 6-3, um, you got to feel good about what you saw from Mark Teixeira after wrist injury. He was swinging the bat well. He got picked up a couple of hits. Um, seemed to be willing to go the other way, which wasn't something he'd been doing lately. And the thing is, I joked about it during the game, but when you really look at it, uh, the way the Yankees rotation is constructed, I mean, granted, you're going to give Sabathia the opening day start. Everyone sort of has to be on board with that, with with who he is, the, the, the money that he gets, uh, the respect that he commands, and then Kuroda Nova after that sort of, um, it, it makes sense, but when you really look at it, there's a chance that by middle to the end of the year, we, we might see the, the rotation was actually constructed backwards. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll, you'll see you'll see Nova and Tanaka really making some good starts this year. I think those are the two guys who will be most exciting to watch. You know, anything you get from Pineda is, is pretty much gravy at this point, considering the surgery he's coming after. But he was um, he was throwing very well in spring training. He was he, his breaking pitches look great and. I think everybody's pretty excited about this rotation on the whole. And the other thing with this team is that if you're going to take any positive out of this game, I think you take the bullpen, even though it's one game, the smallest of possible sample sizes. But um, that seemed to be as much of a question mark as anything, whether it's the infield or how Sabathia would hold up, how Kuroda would be, uh, the back end of the rotation. The bullpen was you know, one of the biggest unknowns, and, and so far you have to sort of see see what you like out of Batances and Nuno, who uh, previous starters now in relief roles, these seem to be guys. That, that could maybe be in lockdown roles before you get to Kelly and Robertson at the end of games. Yeah, but Tantus looks straight up filthy tonight. You know, he was throwing this curveball for strikes, which is always a big deal for him, and he was pumping that 90, 
five ninety six ninety seven mile an hour fastball over and, and Nuno struck out three of the four batters he faced too so and anytime you, your guys with very little bullpen experience can come in and strike out five of the six outs you you got to feel pretty good about that now all off season and you know obviously this loss doesn't exclude it but I've had this feeling all along that you know this Yankee team can sort of become what last year's Red Sox team was and that they need a lot of things to happen they need a lot of question marks and unknowns to go their way they sort of need to hit this massive parlay but I, I just don't get how so many people are, are writing them off so easily and it seems to be like most people are picking the Rays and Red Sox um, to sort of battle for the East and sort of leave the Yankees behind and it just doesn't make that much sense to me I mean granted last year most people were picking the Red Sox uh, uh, to be you know, last in the division and among the worst teams in the American League, and they win the World Series, and you can't really put much stock into preseason predictions and, 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 and everything like that, but it just seems like the Yankees can sort of fly under the radar here with, with the little attention they're getting, even though they've done so much in the offseason. Yeah, I definitely think that's right. I mean, I think people under undersold the Red Sox last year. On paper, they were a good team. They just needed everything to go right, and it did. And I think you see the Yanks in a similar vein right now. Um, they have a lot of question marks. You saw tonight a shaky infield defense, and I think that'll be a theme. But if, if everybody can stay relatively healthy and they can get the production from these players that they know they can get, they'll be very good. Um, they have the pitching to ride it. And, and yes, their bullpen arms are a bit untested, but they're hard throwers. They're, they're guys who, who aren't afraid to throw strikes. And I think, you know, you watch yesterday's Mets game when they couldn't buy a strike from their relievers. You watch today's Yankee games when these guys were attacking the zone and really willing to throw strikes, and and they'll have some clunkers, they'll have some bad outings. The chances will have one of those outings where he looks great and then walks four guys in a row. But overall, you know, this is a team that could be very, very strong. They just need everything to sort of break in their favor. And with the free agent position player signings with Ellsbury, with Beltron, with McCann, um, you know, I'm not the biggest Ellsbury guy. Obviously, I would have done anything to bring Cano back, uh, maybe not $240 million worth of anything to bring him back. But this is one year I, I feel like, you know, these three guys, they can really carry the load. There are three likable guys, I guess, to an extent. You're, I eventually will have to come around on Ellsbury. But um, McCann and Beltron especially, they seem to be guys that will fit right in, sort of bring back the Yankees mentality that we've lost now over the years with so much roster turnover and as Jeter ushers out one era of Yankees and, and we look to these guys for the future at least they're they're likable guys and you'd expect them to do the jobs that they did on their other teams yeah these guys are the future you know especially Ellsbury and McCann they're, they're going to be around for a long time right now and I think those are guys that you can build a team around they're solid middle of the field guys who can hit who can get on base um, there's some power there I think once Ellsbury settles into Yankee Stadium you'll see him enjoying that short fortune in right field, um, and they're good signings. You know, you, you mentioned Cano, and I think that's one that still stings everywhere, and, and it's kind of funny that I think this Yankee team also will miss A-Rod's presence a lot this year. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. And then when Kelly Johnson came up tonight, and you know his first at bat, and they're showing him, they're talking about you know the, the decision to make him um, the everyday third baseman and going forward. And it just seems weird that for the first time in a while, and I know you know last year obviously Arod missed a big portion of the season. He missed um, the first month of the season in '09, but this is the first time it just really feels like Arod is not not just not a Yankee, but no longer a Yankee. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't come back next year, and I think you see a team that could really use him in the middle of the order. I mean, the lineup would be lengthened tremendously with A-Rod batting fifth or fourth in this in this order. Um, even the diminished A-Rod that he is now, you know, as he gets older and as he deals with these injuries, um, I, I'm just not convinced that he's, he's finished with the Yankees. I think mostly it's a, it's a money issue. No one's going to pay him, and 
the Yanks aren't just going to eat that. But they, they could definitely use him. It's kind of funny how that shake, shook down this year. Well, with Teixeira coming off uh, the injury last season that plagued basically his entire year, uh, the same with Jeter, uh, with Roberts at second coming off several now injury-plagued seasons, uh, Kelly Johnson playing an everyday role here with the Yankees. Um, you know, who in the infield, I guess, you know, I did a, an order of importance for the Yankees this year and ranked Sabathia number one again as, as the guy who the Yankees can't afford to, you know, be awful or miss a significant amount of time. And, and maybe that will change. And if he continues this way as of, uh, t- you know, Tuesday night, it definitely well but I had to share a second on that list in that you know his importance to this team I, I think is you know vastly uh, underrated in the sense that not only does you know he make the middle of the order he's such a great defensive guy to have at first base but they don't even have a backup first baseman to fit in if he were to go down for a lengthy period of time or the entire season yeah you know I think I think the Yanks pitching staff actually is deep enough that I wouldn't even put CC in the top three and maybe he's three on that list but I think that Jeter and Teixeira are more important and I know it's dangerous ranking a 40-year-old shortstop at the top of your list, but if you think about who's behind them on the depth charts, from what they can do to the guys behind them, it's a big, big drop. And, and as we saw last year, you know, Lyle Overbay had a good couple of months, but he just wasn't really a fill-in there. Um, you know, they, they have no Mark Reynolds to step in to hit a few massive home runs and, and strike out a lot, but play an adequate first base. And, and you, know, you lose one of those two guys, and your infield looks real bad really quick. And yes, showed the graphic, uh, but right before the game about the opening day rosters from uh, last year compared to this year, and how Gardner's the only guy um, that was in both, and that just seems remarkable going back to now a couple years ago when the Yankees. Um, I remember they had the same exact lineup, or at least the same outfield alignment for three years in a row, and now to have you know eight of nine guys coming back or, or new guys coming back, it just seems odd. And I know you were there last year in Houston when the season ended, and uh, you know it wasn't that long ago, six months, an entire off season but it just seems like night and day and looking at this lineup tonight it almost made me forget of just how bad the Yankee lineups they were trotting out every day last year were yeah it's real it it was easy to forget how bad those lineups were they were pretty forgettable and nobody wanted to remember that but I think you know you look at this lineup right now and I have it in front of me you Gardner batting seventh and while Roberts and Kelly Johnson are sort of unknowns they're not nobodies and and you know last year's opening day lineup I think had what they say Nunez, Nixon, Vernon Wells all <laughs> taking their back, so it's a big difference. I don't think anyone mentions uh, Brad Francisco. No, I'm, I'm right. I forgot he was the opening day DH. That was painful. <laughs> And, uh, you know, another guy on this team who no one's going to talk about because he's probably not going to play that much is Ichiro, who two years ago, uh, you know, sort of had a throwback half year when he got traded to the Yankees in, in July of uh, 2012. He was, for as good as he was that year, he was that bad this year to the point now where uh, it's going to be hard to find him playing time, hard to find him at bats, which is, it's kind of sad to see, you know, his career dwindle down and come to an end here, whether it's this year or whether he finds someone to play with, gets traded to, uh, you know, it, it's just weird to see Ichiro become what he has become now and you know do you think he's going to make it through the entire year with the Yankees or is he a guy they eventually move if they can remain healthy I don't know I mean they have enough outfielder prospects you know you have Zoilo Almonte who, who looks like he could play a fifth outfielder role tomorrow if they needed him to they're paying each year of six and a half million dollars and I just don't even see outside of any injuries when he would get a fast because you know you're gonna you're gonna have Beltran and Soriano in that lineup every day they'll probably flip off playing right field and DHing. Um, and, and if nobody gets seriously hurt, those are going to be your guys. I mean, Ichiro's not an upgrade. He he could maybe come in and serve as a pinch runner late in the game, although his speed seemed diminished. And I was actually pretty surprised he broke camp with the Yanks. I figured that somebody would trade for him, but he didn't have a particularly good spring. 
So its stock right now is not exactly at a high. And the other big news of the uh, opening day or opening night here is is the designate for assignment of uh, Eduardo Nunez, who once blocked or, or prevented a trade of Cliff Lee coming to the Yankees in, in 2010, which to me, the Yankees win the World Series that year if Cliff Lee comes here. I don't think there's anyone who could say, you know, that's a hypothetical. I mean, they got by the Twins with ease. He changed the entire series in Game 3 of the ALCS. Um, he was waiting in Game 7. If they got that far, he probably would have beat him again in Texas. I think if the Yankees get him then, you know, they probably win that year it's easier for them to sign him that offseason uh if he doesn't ever experience texas and they don't battle against him and there's always that chance he would have gone back to philly but uh it just seems like you know the edward and Nunez era was a disaster and uh looking back on it now now that he's no longer going to be a yankee um you know what are your feelings on on how poorly that that whole time went with the yankees believing that he'd one day be their everyday answer at shortstop yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I know you and I feel the same way about that Cliff Lee trade. I think, you know, the, the rational fan in me looks at that, and I, I think Seattle was sort of using the Yankees a little bit to get Justin Smoke from the Rangers. You know, it's, as we sit here now, a few years later, it's kind of funny to, to believe that because Smoke hasn't – he's played better as of late, but he hasn't been the, the hitter everybody thought he would be. You know, I don't think the Mariners really had any intention of trading Lee to the Yankees if they could have gotten Smoke out of the deal, and they did get Smoke out of the deal. But it's kind of funny to go back and look at how high the Yankees were on Nunez year after year after year. I mean, they saw him as a guy who would be a good shortstop and who could hit. And he's shown flashes of being able to hit, but he's never been a good fielder um, at the major league level. And I think they were just through with him. I'd actually be surprised if he ends up outside of the organization. I guess Toronto needs somebody to play shortstop while Reyes is out. But, you know, the Yanks have 10 days to try to find someone to take Nunez. Otherwise, they'll... They'll just send them down to the minors on a minor league deal. Um, it's just that they were very high on him, and I could never really see why. I think the weird thing about Nunez is that it just always felt like people would say, "Oh, you know, next year he'll 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 get more comfortable when they get a set position for him." You know, he he was around the infield. He's at second. He's at short. He's at third. They test him in the outfield last year with all the disasters. Um, it just seemed like eventually, you know, maybe the fielding would come around for him. But the, the thing with him that people forget is he's going to be 27 in June, so it's not even like yeah. he's a young guy anymore. No, I mean I think that's what it is. He's had. You know, he's had 800, he's had over 800 major league plate appearances. He's going to be 27 in a few months. What you see is what you get. He's not suddenly going to turn into this great player who could hold down a position. And and lastly here, you know, going into this season, uh, after the what happened last year, what happened in the ALCS in 2012, what happened this spring with Jeter, um, you know, I'm worried that he gets off to a slow start here and people are just going to throw him under the bus badly and you know people will be asking him to retire earlier than at the end of the season but um he, he looked he looked strong he, he looked healthy in spring training uh he had a, a basic jeter hit tonight to right field against chad qualls which i guess isn't saying much because probably either of us would get a hit off chad qualls at this point but uh <laughs> For fans of, of our generation, fans in their mid to late 20s, early 30s, it's going to be weird uh, to see him no longer a Yankee next year. I don't think it will really settle in until the season you know, gets really close to an end, whether the Yankees are in the postseason or whether the regular season winds down. But um, to see him tonight, you know, one game gone now, 161 at least left uh, in his Yankees career, have, has it really, have you started to get that weird feeling yet that this is it for him? No, not yet. I don't think it will until all the tributes start coming in later in the year. You know, I, I was at... Mariano's last game at Yankee Stadium, I was at his last series in Houston, um, and it didn't really sink in until sort of the end when he was he was out there waving goodbye to everybody at Yankee Stadium. He got taken out by Pettit and Jeter. And I think you'll see, you know, it's, it'll, it'll be similar. He goes through the season 
the way he always does. And if he stays healthy, I'm sure he'll have a pretty decent season for a guy his age coming off of off of um, that injury. And, and then he'll be gone, and it will seem very, very weird once he's gone. But I'm going to try to enjoy it as much as I can this year. All right, then. Well, we got 161 more of these, six months to go. So, uh, you know, hopefully this loss doesn't linger too longer, and hopefully in 24 hours the Yankees finally have that first win. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, Ben. Thanks again. You got it.